0: You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. Okay, let's get it. It is Locked On LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST, and right here for the Locked On LSU podcast brought to you by Rock Auto and rockauto.com. Ed Ogeron getting ready for LSU to make the trip to Missouri, but we did have a chance to get answers to a lot of the questions many people had about moving the game to Missouri, what possibilities did in fact arise as far as alternatives and contingencies. We visited with LSU Senior Associate AD Robert Munson, who filled in a lot of these blanks, starting with how this all came together so quickly really to come to resolution Tuesday afternoon?
0: Yeah, it was pretty quick. I mean, obviously, we saw the storm coming in really around Saturday, Sunday. And then Monday, Tuesday, what you do is you just kind of pick up the phone and you, you see what your options are, uh, not knowing exactly what all the parameters are going to be and, and what that storm may end up doing at the time. But you essentially start whittling it down. You know, where can you play? What are those options in those locations? And as we went through that process, it became very clear that, in the end, the COVID-19 protocols that exist within our stadiums and the SEC, we're going to really take the priority uh, over convenience over what we may or may not have wanted. And Missouri was extremely accommodating to us to make this happen, and the SEC, as they have been, have been a great partner in that decision. What were the other options? Well, you look, obviously, with the storm and the direction that it's going, we looked west. We looked Houston. We looked Dallas. Uh, Shreveport was uh, great. They they really reached out to us and, and wanted to bend over backward to accommodate Mayor Perkins up there, made personal contact down here to see if they could make it happen uh, in the end because of COVID-19 protocols uh, that, that just couldn't happen, but they were very accommodating.
1: Why uh, not just wait another day or two to see if the storm continued to westward track and then you're able to have it in Baton Rouge?
0: Well, exactly uh why is because of what we're seeing right now the storm has sped up uh instead of leaving friday we're now leaving thursday so decisions needed to be made quickly because there are so many unknowns and we want to give ourselves time to adjust turns out that was a smart decision
1: um what about potentially playing on the the open date just running through all the, the scenarios that have been discussed yeah, uh, yeah. a common open date why not move it to november
0: In the end, we want to play football uh, today, excuse me, on Saturday. And, and, you know, it's important for our team uh, to continue uh, progressing as they are. And it was important for us and for football that we play this game on Saturday. We also want to use the open date uh, for where it is. It's a good time for rest and recovery.
1: Um, and obviously the opponent after the open date does warrant such rest and recovery. I'll say it if you won't. Um, also, a game moved from 8 p.m. to 11 a.m. Robert, this is a question a lot of people are, are wondering. Since you had a TV window, it was going to be a night game. Why move it to 11 a.m.? And was that was that the league's decision?
0: No, I, that, that was a, a mutual decision amongst all of us. And, and at the time and still right now, really consider that earlier time slot was critical for travel. Uh, One thing we didn't want to do is have our team and and coaches in a traveling situation at two, three o'clock in the morning, if there's a storm anywhere near the area. So trying to get in and get back as quickly as we can, give our players uh, a full day Sunday to rest, relax, and recover, uh, and hopefully to do all that safely. Now this storm is going to dictate the travel as it always does. And that may have to change in terms of when we come back. But at the moment, again looks like a smart decision to move that
1: game early can we go through some robert munson's i guess can we go through just the some of the logistics for for the weekend then based on that schedule so ella the team will leave on thursday at what time
0: don't know yet they're still working on the time so logistics are still very much in 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 flux at this point
1: okay can you walk me through what and by the way for everyone who does post game uh thank you very much for moving the game to 11 a.m um (laughs) Hey, I've gotten
0: a few texts with, with quite a few thank yous from you guys. So I, you're I, welcome, I guess. I don't
1: I, <laughs> you will never find media ever complain about an 11 a.m. or 2.30 kickoff, ever. Just, yeah, listen, just,
0: that, that, that 8 o'clock time slot is rough. It's, it's, <laughs> it's rough for everybody. So, yeah, I guess it's one of the, the benefits of this.
1: I know, I know fa- no fan cares at all about the job <laughs> we have to do, but just trust me when I tell you it sucks when there's, like, super late games. Um, okay, so – saturday though if they if it had stayed at at eight so yeah. the game would have ended at let's call it 11 30 there isn't there's into seven overtime you know fiasco but let's say 11 30 what would the what would the travel have been like then for the team
0: so i may have misunderstood your question but with an 11 o'clock start we'll get our team back at you know, early evening. Hopefully, again, okay. the, the the storm itself is is going to make that decision, and, and we have aviation consultants who help us, uh, who, who, frankly, who make those decisions from a safety standpoint. So we'll see. But if all goes well, we'll be able to get our student athletes back here by early evening. Probably eat dinner at
1: home. So if if the I, and I'm sorry, if the game had stayed at eight, you would have been talking about leave. If the game would have ended at you know eleven thirty, you wouldn't yep. have left Columbia until two three.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, we probably would not have gotten home until that three thirty four o'clock type time frame. So it, it's a rough day, and it's particularly for the student athletes that uh, getting home that late, not having a full day to recover, it it does take some time to get back. And then and then for guys my age, it takes even longer.
1: Our conversation with Senior Associate AD at LSU Robert Munson will continue, which includes the decision to eliminate CDC checks and uh, at the gate at Tiger Stadium the decision to resume alcohol sales, and what does this relocation with Missouri mean moving forward financially? And what about Missouri's trip to Baton Rouge in 2023 that's on the docket? We'll get to all that with Robert here in just a moment. Let me remind you about Rock Auto and rockauto.com. Incredible selection, amazingly low prices all the parts your car will ever need it's at rockauto.com rock com no matter what you're looking for for your vehicle if you are a do-it-yourselfer if you like to restore old vehicles or you just need to change your oil or you new, need new windshield wiper blades they've got it at rockauto.com with an amazing selection reliably low prices literally all the parts your car will ever need for any make and model You'll find it at rockauto.com, rock, A-U-T-O, rockauto.com. Be sure to tell them Locked On sent you at checkout. We continue Locked On LSU, your team every day, brought to you by rockauto and rockauto.com. Visiting with LSU Senior Associate AD Robert Munson. Talked a lot about how logistically the LSU game at Missouri came to pass the way it did. We had a lot more layers to this conversation with Robert, including some of the changes announced for home games like why they're doing away with the CDC well checks at the gate.
0: You know, early on when we were planning all of our protocols, we wanted to do a few things that are very proactive. One of those was the CDC wellness check. It, it's not in the requirements of anything from the SEC or the university. It was something we wanted to do as an added level of really reminder to our fans of why they should or should not come to our event. And And we hoped to create a streamlined process with that. But what we noticed at the gates was it was really, really cumbersome. Uh, For people who who even took the test before they came to the university, uh, it was difficult with combination of digital tickets on their app and the CDC and trying to show both to the ticket taker. And if you happen to have multiple people in your party, all those things are still on your phone. So you're switching through different tickets, then switching through CDC uh, apps, and, and it just became cumbersome and was creating at least the potential for the very thing we try to avoid in these situations, and that's a choke point. It's the reason why we added a dozen new gates, spread things out, was to mitigate the possibility of having long lines and choke points, which with COVID-19 protocols is one of those top priorities.
1: Uh, and then, the, so no CDC well checks. What's the, the feedback that you've gotten from that? I, I, there's obviously been some national media pundits who have taken the opportunity to stump for whatever they want, but what has been some of the feedback you've gotten from fans or, or, or outside?
0: Well, you you know, we get data uh, from every one of our games that we pour over on Mondays and Tuesdays, and, and we did get a lot of feedback from our fans. And that's, listen, that's who we're listening to. Um, that's who we want to hear from. And a lot of our fans told us, look, we couldn't get it to work. We couldn't find it at the gate. Uh, we didn't really know what it was for. So we have a lot of feedback that, that kind of concurred with what we monitored and what we saw. And listen, there's going to be some national attention with whatever we do. We're, we're LSU. We understand that. And not everybody's going to agree with what we do. But, again, this was a proactive approach. This wasn't a requirement. Uh, it is a self-assessment. It is voluntary. It's, it's sort of on the honor code. So you get a lot of that right. People saying, well, you could just answer whatever you want to to get into the gate. Yep. And that's true. But pretty much everything we do these days is on the honor code. So that's no different than any other function.
1: If people were going to drag their ass out of their house... Drive to the stadium, park, walk to the gate. They're not going to let a, a wellness check on a screen stop them. You, you don't have to. I don't, you don't have to answer that. That's that's my opining, but yes, I agree with you. Um, alcohol. Well, and, yeah. Go ahead.
0: You know, one of the, one of the things with that wellness check is it's it's not required, but we we still encourage people to do it, to think about it, to check it. Uh, we do it every day at work, and it, it is a good reminder of hey, I woke up this morning, I did have a little tickle in my uh, uh, throat, and I have a, a little bit of a fever. Maybe I should stay home. So it. Listen for people who want to be responsible in that way. It can be helpful, and we do encourage our fans to keep using it, even if it isn't required at the gate.
1: The thing that you said, maybe the first time we started doing this, is the right approach, which is appealing to to just to the hum the humanity, human the human nature of someone. Which is, if you're sick, if you're at risk, it, like stay home. Don't put yourself yeah. for other people. Just th- like that's the best. It's not not the wellness check screen. It's it's just do the right thing for yourself and for everyone around you. And I I think that is. That is the right uh, approach. Um, a couple more minutes, and there are some listener questions, so I want to make sure I don't take sure. up too much of your time. Uh, the re- the decision to to resume alcohol sales.
0: Yeah, that was uh, you know a function of uh, the adjustment to the governor's order, uh, the phase three order, uh, allowing that specifically uh, in stadiums. So we you know clearly took advantage of that quickly and, and got on, and and plan on bringing beer and and wine back, but. That, again, was a function of our coordination with the state and understanding what uh, they're permitting and not permitting.
1: Okay. Um, and and the, the expectation is that the alcohol sales will stay for the remainder of the season?
0: That's the expectation. Okay. Uh, then, then again, the expectation was we were going to be playing in Tiger Stadium on Saturday. So
1: yeah.
0: uh, we're, we're all kind of adjusting as we go. Uh,
1: okay. A couple of listener questions. A lot of people asking about a, when we'll know a TV network for Saturday.
0: Yeah, I think pretty soon obviously, there there have been some changes with the the time slot and everything. it'll be on the ESPN family. I'm just not exactly sure where that will be,, yet, but we'll find out very soon.
1: Do you know if it'll be a linear network or is it might- I don't
0: I don't okay. at the moment. You okay.
1: know. Um, let's see. Uh, people asking about piped in noise at the Vandy game as well. Uh, thoughts mm-hmm. on that and and how that went and what to expect in visiting stadiums?
0: So, piped in noise uh, is permitted now by the s e c to a certain decibel level. It has to be between seventy and seventy five decibels, and we're given tracks. so we have the, the similar tracks in terms of the fan noise and and different chants that we can use. We actually tested it at Tiger Stadium in our last home game. Mm. Uh, we ended up turning it off. Uh, it just it just didn't work particularly well for our venue, but it is permitted, and we you know we should definitely expect hearing it seeing it at different venues,
1: okay. um any todd jones any talks regarding baseball or basketball schedules
0: yeah lots of talks uh those are, <laughs> those are uh, at the forefront of our conversations and we're gonna we're gonna get to those uh sooner rather than later and it's amazing i mean it, it basketball is right around the corner right so uh we're on it uh we'll be announcing some things hopefully very soon and Uh, Yeah, lots of conversations, no doubt.
1: One more I forgot to get to. uh, Financial implications, actually I have two more, financial implications of moving the game from Baton Rouge to Columbia. Is this still an LSU home game?
0: Yeah, there's some conversation about that. Uh, We're kind of going back and forth, and when I say we, I mean internally about what the expectation is there. Uh, We haven't landed on anything quite yet, whether it's a home game or or we're going to be the visitors. You know, Missouri's been extremely accommodating for us up there. They're going to play our fight song and, and do some other things that'll be familiar to our players. So it'll feel as much like a home game as it can in, in Missouri. And then the financial implications questions, we won't know that for a bit. We have insurance on these things that, you know, hopefully we'll cover some stuff, but we're working through that. There's no question. We wanted to have the game here for all kinds of reasons and, and financial reasons is is one of those
1: too. Mm-hmm. The uh, 2023 game that stays as scheduled in Columbia.
0: As far as I know, this will have no impact on the 2023 schedule. Okay. This is sort of a this year is a, an animal unto its own, yeah. and it's, it's hopefully hopefully we don't experience it again. But it's kind of an isolated thing.
1: Back to wrap up a Thursday edition of the Lockdown LSU podcast brought to you by Rock Auto, your team every day. If you've not done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate that greatly and your support in helping us grow. Tomorrow, full preview LSU Mizzou and a game prediction as it looks like hurricane Delta is continuing to drift westward. Our prayers are with people in Southwest Louisiana who have already been devastated by hurricane Laura. And it looks like they're going to bear the brunt again of another major storm. So we'll have you certainly in our thoughts and in our prayers here over the next few days and through the recovery Uh, here in Baton Rouge. However, it appears as though the impact as of now will be minimal and, um, I know there's a lot of people that are going to question the decision to move the game because it looks like things are impact will be minimal. But it's uh, as we heard Robert say, it's you know you plan for those contingencies when you don't know and you make the best decision possible. It seems like LSU and Missouri have done that. Now LSU goes to Columbia. Uh, they leave today on Thursday. Ed Ogeron was on the SEC coaches teleconference and previewed his opponent. Uh,
0: Missouri poses a lot of uh, different formations, different offense that we've seen there in a while. Some two backs, some two tight ends, boots, waggles, getting out on edge, misdirection, uh, good on special teams.
1: He also talked about Connor Basilac, Missouri's quarterback, who had been the backup, but is going to start Saturday against LSU in place of Sean Robinson, who had started the first two games.
0: Yeah, good pocket passer, you know, and, uh, you know, he has 286 yards, zero t- uh, touchdowns, one interception this season. Uh, but I think they're going to use him. He's
1: smart. He can see the field. It's worth mentioning, Bazalak is more of your traditional pocket passer. Uh, coming out of high school, he was rated, I think, the 13th best pocket passer in the country. Sean Robinson, if you remember from his time at TCU, is a dual-threat quarterback. It makes a little bit of sense if you're Eli Drinkwitz and you look at two game films, what Vandy did and what Mississippi State did, having the pocket passer spread, throw, try to get get over the top might be a better approach. I also think it's going to play out that that game against Mississippi State is going to be the great outlier for this team. It was a perfect storm of sorts, and that's not going to be the best way to attack LSU. LSU showed they're vulnerable to the run between the tackles as Vanderbilt ran for 180 yards against LSU. Uh, they netted 153, but you know they had 30 or 40 net yards and lost. But that's where LSU is vulnerable. At least they were against Vanderbilt. We'll see how that changes getting Glenn Logan back. Speaking of getting players back, Here's an update on a couple of interior players for LSU on the offensive side: Cardinal Thomas and Ed Ingram.
0: Cardinal's out this week. Uh, Ed is uh, didn't practice yesterday. Uh, may come along. He's, he's very questionable right now. Right now, we have Charles Turner starting at guard in his place.
1: So two weeks started this yesterday. First three weeks of the season, three different offensive line combinations. A week ago, Dale Rosenthal was out. Cam Wire started in his place. This week, it looks like Ed Ingram is going to be out, which means Charles Turner starts in his place. So you're getting a lot of different guys' reps, and it's it's valuable reps before you head to Gainesville, but certainly you want to be as healthy and whole as you can a week from Saturday when you're in the swamp. But Let's get to these young guys some, uh, some reps on the road this week against Missouri. Okay, that'll do it for us here on a Thursday edition of the Locked On LSU podcast brought to you by Rock Auto. Please subscribe to the podcast if you've not done so yet. Until tomorrow, it is locked in LSU, your team every day.